Welcome to the RISE podcast. This show, Saving Alviso. Across the globe, the signs of climate change are becoming easier to read. We can see the glaciers melting. Record-breaking storms and hurricanes top the news. And from Bangladesh to the Pacific Isles, cities and towns built along the water are facing more and more flooding. While we must stop producing the greenhouse gases causing climate change, we also need to start adapting in Manhattan, New Orleans, L.A., to the rising seas that we can no longer halt. Around the San Francisco Bay, plans are underway to protect coastal towns. But adapting to climate change will not help all of us equally and may even hurt some. Chewy Cassidus and his family are caught in this bind. This is his story. Alviso is a tiny hamlet sitting at the southern tip of the San Francisco Bay. Chewy Cassidus has lived here all of his 21 years. Alviso is legally part of San Jose, further to the south but it is a world apart from that bustling city. Yeah, well, this is it. Just, um, this is basically where I hang out right here. Walk around, uh, take my dogs out, join everybody around here. Alviso's history has been defined by its relationship to the bay's waters, the wetlands encircling it, the creeks running down from the hills behind it, the groundwater sinking below it. Yeah, the parks back there, the school. We used to go to school back there. George Main Elementary, just, we went there for a while. And that's the church right there. It's a Catholic church. I tried to go there and uh, just, yeah. Uh, this is a Taco de Oro restaurant. That's the truck, right there's the truck. Uh, two carnasada plain and one... Taco de Oro's been here for a while and everybody, everybody likes it, you know. It's the closest thing to us, you know. As climate change causes sea level rise and increasingly erratic weather, the waters around El Viso will alter the lives of Chewy and his family. Right now we're on Essex Street, walking towards uh, my grandma's house. Mostly everybody here is, you know, is uh, Chicano, you know, Hispanic. And we're all somehow connected, you know, by marriage or by blood. And if we're not, you know, like my friends and my neighbors, they're like uh, family to me. I love it here, it's like my paradise right here. Flooding has always been a problem for Alviso, but with climate change, flooding may become catastrophic for this town at the edge of the water. Well, this is my grandma's house, grew up here. Just, just a lot of memories here. Come on here, have a seat. You guys didn't tell everything already? This is uh, my cousin, uh, Jose Luján. Um, I was born and raised here in Alviso. And uh, this gentleman here is my cousin, but he's like a brother. What, but what, you what's your perspective? I mean, you always well, want to talk about your town. Well, I do know that um, the San Francisco Bay Area is going to be affected by, by the, the, the global warming and how the, the uh, mounting of the polar ice cap and whatnot. And uh, one of the places is Alviso. will be one of the first places that the water will rise. So in the next like 10, 15 years, that's when all this water will be melted. We're below sea level here, so there's always the threat of floods. And um, with the global warming and the waters rising, 
it, it's kind of frightening to think that, you know, are the waters going to rise and... Um, so basically, they'd have to move schools and businesses and all kinds of stuff away from the peninsula and the, and the South Bay and whatnot. It's not just El Viso. Many places in Silicon Valley are definitely at risk of flooding. Yahoo, Google, NASA Ames Research Center. There's also the city of Palo Alto's water treatment facility and the city of San Jose's water treatment facility. That's Mendel Stewart. He works for Fish and Wildlife as manager of the National Wildlife Refuge, right next to El Viso. He helped me understand why El Viso and all of the South Bay is at such high risk for flooding in the face of climate change. Many of the communities, particularly in the south end of San Francisco Bay, along the peninsula, have subsided below sea level. They sunk maybe a, a few inches to a few feet to multiple feet below sea level. El Viso, 12 feet below sea level. This occurred in the late 1800s as the groundwater was being starting to be pumped out. They were using the groundwater to irrigate orchards and farms. At the same time this groundwater was being pumped out, there was also destruction of the salt marshes. And here's the second part of the problem. At one time in South San Francisco Bay, there were thousands of acres of salt marsh converted to salt making. The old marsh protected this coastline. It had sloughs meandering through it, allowing runoff from rivers to fan out and sink into the ground. Today, channels have been straightened and ditched to the point where the water flows straight into the bay, contained within these narrow channels. And in heavy rains, the channels back up and flood the town. Climate change will bring bigger rains, making this flooding much worse. It will also bring flooding from the bay as sea level rises and storms increase. We're waiting for my, my mom. She's yeah. cleaning up a little bit. She's the one that lives in this house and went through, you know, a lot of trauma and everything. Chewy's family is well aware of the devastation that flooding can bring to this town. They've lived here for generations. Chewy's grandma comes into the living room where she's joined by other family members. Yo nací en México, en Ciudad Acuña, Coahuila, frontera con del Rio, Texas. It's a border state uh, with uh, Texas, so that's where our family comes from. But today, Chewy's family must make up half the town of El Viso. They bought land here when much of the area was covered in orchards and farms. At $5 an acre. Nobody wanted to live here and land was going cheap because of the floods. The last big flood in 83 may be a precursor of much bigger things to come. Pues fue algo muy desastroso. It's a very disastrous thing. Estaba como cuántos pies estaba el agua adentro de la de la casa. In that time that in 1983 the flood waters came in like 6 feet inside the house. It had uh, been raining for a few days, and I had my two eldest sons, three years old and five years old, and I heard the sirens were going out, and um, water was already coming right into town. It was coming, it was coming. So I got my kids, and I got some blankets, and I got their clothes, and I jumped in the car. The only thing I forgot was my dog. He drowned. 
Era, era demasiada agua. Era... The water was scary. It was scary. No single weather event can be tied to climate change. But a pattern of increasingly severe storms and floods is now clear. And stories like this one are becoming more and more common. Well, coming back, uh, everything was full of water and um, saturated, and uh, it all like it came apart. Letters saying that they had to get all their furniture and all their stuff and put it out into the street. Because it was all contaminated from all the water and stuff. Everything had to be um, thrown away. Yeah, into the street. It's difficult to talk about. It is. Yeah. For me, I lost a lot of my memories. (laughs) Like my kids' pictures, baby pictures. And my wedding pictures, and just things I had. I don't have anything anymore. I think that's what hurt to me. She was in, in a, some some kind of depression. I had that depression for a long, long time. Most of the time, everyday life takes center stage for Chewy's family, like getting dinner on the table. There's the cups there of jasmine tea. Are you guys going to hang around? Because we could make some food. But the threat of flooding is never far from their minds. Are we going to flood or are we? We can't predict the future, but... <laughs> that water's strong. When it comes, it comes. We'll have to get a boat or something. <laughs> <laughs> a big boat. A Noah's Ark. We'll have a houseboat. <laughs> Fear and yet resignation. They seem to go hand in hand. We're thinking about the now and what we're enjoying right now. So, like, we're living in the moment. And I guess if a disaster comes, then I guess we're going to deal with it at that time or something. You know, I know it, it sounds kind of strange. But, um, but no, yeah, I, we just live with it. You know, we just... Leaving Alviso is not an option. Chewy and Jose's loyalty to their town is written all over them. Uh, it's my tattoo. It says Alviso on it. There's a cross on the bottom right under it just to know that God's watching over my town. and So I will never forget where I was from, where I was born and raised. I have it right there so I can see it every day and know where I'm from. There's a lot of kids in town that have the Alviso tattoos. They love this town. He loves it so much. Forget. This is my tattoo of my hometown, Alviso. Um, <laughs> Tattooed. Yeah, it's big, yeah. across it, his chest. Yeah, it's all Two inch, three inch letters. Right there, Alviso. No, we can't forget where we're from. We oh, can't. No, never, yeah. It's a cultural thing. I, I accept it. Kind of tripped out at first. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> kind of was mad for a little bit, but then she's went along with it. Well, I was more upset about him having a girl's name tattooed. Which was a mistake. Uh, it was a mistake. Yeah. It was. I just want to add that. <laughs> By the time you come back, the food should be ready. Inertia in the face of likely disaster. It all sounds very familiar. But in Alviso, someone is tackling the problem of flooding. And it just might save the town. One way to protect Alviso is by restoring the old wetlands. 
Mendel Stewart and his team at the Don Edwards National Wildlife Refuge are attempting to do just that. I've got a government vehicle so I can take four other people. That's Laura Velopi. So someone needs to follow those guys. Help direct me. She's the lead scientist on the wetlands restoration project in the South Bay, which includes Pond A8. We're going to Pond A8, which is well, we'll describe when we get there. It's probably the better thing to describe when we get there. Pond A8 sits right next to the town of Alviso. I go straight and then left, is that right? right? Yeah. This way would probably be shorter, and then we could walk up on the levee. Laura's here with Mendel Stewart. We're at, standing at the southwest corner of Pond A8 at the big water control structure we call the Notch. This is not the idyllic scene that I was expecting. It's more like a construction site for a shopping mall. It's about 40 feet across. It's made of massive concrete, and it's going to have these aluminum gates that we can drop in and out to control the water. There's going to be a notch, which will bring water from Elviso Slough into pond A8 and then A5 and A7. Or actually, did I get that right? No, it's going in at the top of A5, A7, and then out. Alviso it's coming in and out at Alviso Slough. Well, whether it's going in or going out, the point is they have to manage the water's flow. They're worried that if they just open up the old salt pond and let the water spread out, they may cause more problems than they solve. For example, stirring up mercury left over from old mining operations. We can close it down and open it up um, so it's more of a water control structure, not just popping a hole. Yikes. Rip rapids, uh, rock to uh, stabilize banks around the, the construction project. While the process might be somewhat industrial, the end goal is to make a lovely living border between bay and land. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to start with this white, salty crust. That's John Bourgeois. He's executive project manager for all of the wetlands restoration in the South Bay. And then the sediment's going to come in, and we're going to have probably, you know, two, five, ten years worth of just vast mudflats. As sediment keeps coming in with the tides and building up, the mudflats will get bigger and bigger. And when we hit the right elevation, pop, we're going to see little sprigs of pickleweed here and there, pickleweed and cordgrass and gum plant, and, and, and then eventually, hopefully, it'll just be a sea of lush green marsh vegetation. What stage are you guys at? I'm putting in the stop logs this week, and hopefully next week we'll be breaching the pool. And next week, huh? Fantastic. It's, we're it's, close. We're close. It just gives me like goosebumps to, to think we've got all this stuff going on. It's happening. And, and it's going to be providing flood protection for three or four million people in this area. So how will restoring the wetlands around Alviso keep back the big floods coming with climate change? Mendel Stewart explained that as winter storms become more fierce and more frequent, wetlands, working together with levees, can help slow down the water rushing downstream. So as runoff from upland areas flow into a wetland, they would flow through a series of small tributaries that would meander through the wetland and they would naturally slow the movement of that water, which allowed the water to be absorbed and, and actually go into the groundwater. Wetlands can also help with the other flood risk from the bay itself. 
as sea levels rise, bringing higher tides and higher waves. Historically, the wetlands were there to act as a buffer from tidal flooding. So saving Elvisa with wetlands seems like a good idea, but the solution may be bittersweet for Chewy's family. Just who is Elviso being saved for? Most of these houses here, like this is this is like the inner Elviso right here. This is uh, old Elviso. This is you know, this is my Elviso right here. It's like some people will say it's like being like in a little town in Mexico and stuff, and we just everybody knows each other. Everybody says hi to each other. Yeah, it's nice. But it's the flood risk that has kept property values low in Alviso. Now that the risk is being dealt with, land that was $5 an acre when Chewy's family settled is becoming prime waterfront real estate. Then where the new houses are, that's like, that's like new Alviso. There's just all the new big two-story houses. They're nice, but they make them too expensive for us, you know, if we wanted to buy one. Well, Alviso, like any community, uh, has families, people that live there, businesses that have been built. Um, you know, they want their community to stay like it is. They don't want to see it become a, you know, a, um, you know, a gentrified. I hope they don't try to push us out. Uh, it's because everybody grew up here, everybody's from around here, and they just came and ruined everything. City of San Jose, that's why they annexed it, probably, because it's waterfront property, and they, they wanted to be connected to the bay. And the community of Alviso was in their way, still in their way. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, we just fight it yeah. and do what we, could, we gotta do, stick together uh, as a community and as a family. We just gotta stick together, help each other out. Gentrification, you know, probably is. It's all about economics. Those are the, really the issues. I, I pretty much like it the way it is, and if it could stay the way it is, then when my kids are born and stuff, I'm pretty sure they'll love it too. Because here we feel free. I didn't know you were going to follow me over here. <laughs> what would you like, some watermelon or some cake? What are you looking We're, for, Janie? Like a, right here? something okay. to cut the cake with. In this kitchen, the wetlands restoration is an ongoing topic of conversation. There's a lot of restoration going on over here because... You know, we never thought anybody would ever come and give a crap about Alviso, you We're know, going to be surrounded by buildings, and, and the little village, the true Alviso here, with long-standing families, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, might get crunched up. So that's why we, you know, we money, do not it, want... It's so all about much. money, you know, because now there's all these uh, people, they come around, and they, they're scouting for, for land to buy and houses and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, I mean, that's just the way society is, you know, it's all about money. You know, I don't know, we like our little neighborhood, but... We like the way it is. Uh, we don't want it to change. It's done. Food is done. This is homemade food here. Yeah, you like Adapting to climate change will be a messy and painful business. And in the short term, there will be winners and losers. But in the long run, we're all in the same boat, rising with the tide. Rise, Saving Alviso, was produced and directed by Claire Schoen. Original music by Jonathan Mitchell. 
Special thanks to Jan Sturman, Erica Mu, Vanessa Lowe, Stephen Most, and Scott Kue. To hear all the stories in the RISE series, please visit us online at crise.org. I'm Claire Schoen.